Everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Derek. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the hit Netflix show Black Mirror. This week we're covering the season two, episode one, episode Be Right Back. And this week I am honored to welcome my special guest, Derek O'Neill. Hey, Derek. Hey, Reva. I can't believe you're honored, but I'm delighted to be here. I, I am very honored. I'm very honored. I've been wanting to get you on here forever. And this was the perfect excuse um, mm-hmm. when I decided to do Black Mirror because I know, like me, you are a Black Mirror super fan. Um, I love it. Yes, yes. Love it. We love to geek out on it when, you know, when we're in the Zed group and, you know, anytime mm-hmm. one of the episodes come up. And um, I know that you um, contributed to when Sean and I had covered um, some other episodes, you had contributed to feedback and um, that was lovely, of course. You've always graced us um, with with your feedback and with your support behind the scenes personally for this podcast. So thank you for that. But yeah. Oh, not at all. I'm, I'm delighted. And to be honest, that's that was me pushing to be a guest host on your show. I was trying to show you what I sounded like. It make sure you knew I could record my audio. <laughs> Finally, I'm here. <laughs> you did not need to do all that for sure, because um, I've been dying to have you on here. I know you've been on Walking Dead cast with Jason. You've um, right. helped cover um, some of the comic talk. And um, so it's I've just like, I've got to, you know, somehow get you on here. And this was just my ploy. I think we were maybe both of us were just kind of devious, uh, you know, uh, in, in our schemes to get get you on here. So just here dancing are. around each other without actually asking the question. All it takes is an email. There you go. It works. <laughs> Maybe I did a little bit too much work. Maybe it wasn't that much of an effort um, that was needed, but I am so thrilled to have you here. Um, you have been a great friend of mine for, for a couple of years now. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I was just really pleased that you agreed to come on. And I know, folks, like I mentioned, you have written into the show. You have graced us mm-hmm. with um, your uh, voice messages. but. And and I know you, but not a lot of my listeners know you. So you actually That's have true. your own podcast, and you cover many, many um, amazing shows. So I would love if you would like to share just a little bit of that and let folks kind of get to know you. Absolutely, yeah. I've been uh, I've been podcasting for six years now, That's awesome. and coming up on my five hundredth episode <gasps> of TV Podcast Industries, which is our podcast. It's amazing. Um, so when you say we've done a lot of shows, uh, I sometimes forget how many we've done at this stage. Uh, but we got we've got three more to go before our five hundredth episode, which will come out at the start of July. And uh, we're currently covering Penny Dreadful, City of Angels on Showtime. Wonderful. Um, which is a really interesting show, especially uh, in the current climate. Um, there's some very challenging stuff going on in that show. Uh, we started out the show doing, you know, uh, comic books, TV shows, lots of lots of uh, Marvel stuff, mm-hmm. like all the Netflix Marvels, uh, Daredevil, uh, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, those shows. And we did uh, Gotham, which was the DC comic book stuff as well. And then we did some other stuff like The Boys, another comic oh, book I uh, love TV that property, one. which was... <laughs> Brilliant. So good. So good. It's so different and so refreshing for all the comic book stuff. And then suddenly we got into this kind of drought of uh, really good comic book stuff. So we started to move over to some more serious, interesting stuff. And I know Watchmen's based on a comic book, but that was probably my favorite series that we did last year mm-hmm. and that kind of kicked us into a bit more uh, a bit more in-depth uh, discussions on our podcast so we've done star trek picard this year and now as i say doing penny dreadful city of angels so loads and loads of stuff on tv podcast industries to uh, to have a look back on especially now when people are kind of 
re-binging shows they may have missed in the past. We've got yes. pretty much something for everybody. That's amazing. Yeah, really great point. You yeah, you guys have a lot of content and have covered a, a mm-hmm. great uh, variety of shows. So yeah, definitely well, folks. And there's not a lot of new shows coming out. Yeah. So yeah, like you said, people are kind of going back and catching up on those shows that you know they've, they've maybe meant to watch and just haven't. And yeah. you are you have a great um, podcast companion for those shows. Um, I think um, what you guys do yeah. is brilliant. So and we do the same the same way that Strange Indeed do. We uh, we cover each individual episode without looking ahead to the next episode. Mm-hmm. A lot of our shows uh, originally, the ones that were on Netflix and stuff, came out exactly the same way as as uh, Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. When you know the whole thing dropped in one day, the super fans go and watch it in one day and then kind of follow along with us weekly. That's and awesome. then some wonderful, awesome listeners uh, go along with our pace as well. So uh, that's always good fun because you feel sometimes you're kind of going, I don't want to hold you back because you're really enjoying the show, <laughs> but it's great for you to stick with us. You know? Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah, I forgot that you guys yeah. did that. Um, mm-hmm. We were always amazed at the folks, you know, that kind of hung with us in week by week because it's it's a challenge. And I mean, I know I'm a lover of shows and, and I want to mm-hmm. know what happens next. And, and I understand that temptation to keep going. So it's always lovely when you hear folks um, say that, you know, oh, hey, I'm watching week by week with you guys. And, and it's always lovely. Yeah. That's awesome. yeah, I tried it really hard with uh, with Lock and Key. I know I sent in a bit of feedback at the beginning <laughs> of Lock and Key. And uh, I was on a call with the Z-Heads, one of our lovely meetup calls that we do. And I came mm-hmm. back downstairs and my partner, John, had uh, skipped on and watched three episodes back to back of Lock and Key. So <gasps> <laughs> broke my cycle. So I couldn't I couldn't finish at the same time as you guys. Oh, no. <laughs> you just got addicted to the end of the show. So, right. Uh, that's all right. Though. That's it's a great show. That's totally fine. Yeah, that one was fun. We had some fun mm-hmm. with that one. Um a lot, mm-hmm. a lot different than the uh, comic for sure, but I think I think they did a fairly good job. I'm anxious for season two, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be very interesting. Yeah, yeah good, good coverage as well. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. And one other show, and I know we're going to get into why I picked this particular episode, but yes. one of the show that we did right at the beginning of our kind of Marvel discussions was Agent Carter, star starring Haley Atwell, mm-hmm. and she's absolutely one of my favorite actresses. Actresses, and that's one of the reasons why I love this episode because I think she is fantastic in in Be Right Back and uh, in Black Mirror. So, uh, so seeing some work other than her Agent Carter work for Marvel uh, is just really, really wonderful. So, uh, definitely one of the reasons I chose this episode. That's awesome. Well, that's a really great segue then into because I, I, you know, as um, I recorded with Jason uh, last week, um, mm-hmm. and I mentioned that, you know, and when I decided to do this, you know, I wanted to kind of make it like a fan favorite kind of thing, do some of the more popular fan favorite episodes. Well, maybe they're not popular, but maybe just fan favorites. Um, I know I have my own favorites and I thought, well, I'm going to ask some folks which ones they would like to do. And I thought as I'm, you know, kind of getting my roundtable of guests um, to um, get, uh, you know, co-host with me every week, I was going to allow them to pick um, their favorite episode. And I know that you really liked the one um, that, that Jason did the entire history of you. And I was like, sorry, sorry, got that one. But if you have another favorite um, that you would like to do. <laughs> and of course, you were really leaning um, towards this one. So. That's mm-hmm. part of the reason then is Haley Atwell, which you are right. She was absolutely fantastic um, yep. in this episode. But did you have any other reasons um, why this was yeah, your favorite I, or why you picked it? Well, I suppose one of the things I think that Black Mirror really does well is taking a, a, an interesting concept and translating it into what would happen if sci-fi intervened, let's say, mm-hmm. if, if technology intervenes. Um, and one of the things I suppose we all go through, sadly, is loss and mourning. Yes. Um, and I think this is just one of the most relatable episodes of the show. It answers a question that I think 
a lot of people who go through um, go through a, a period of mourning would want to ask, you know, what can technology do to help me during this time? Mm-hmm. What what could I do to help me from experiencing the horrible emotions that I go through during this period? And I think what Charlie Brooker did with this episode was really answer whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I suppose. It kind of give you some an interesting overview of how technology can help and hinder that process that we sadly all have to go through at some time. So it's one that's always stayed with me from the first time I watched the episode. I always had this uh, this memory of the entire episode. So regardless of watching it once or a hundred times, I feel like I, I know it backwards because it's one that stayed, it was so well written and so well put together that uh, I'm delighted I got to cover this one. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I agree with everything that you said. Um, that's another, uh, it's also why it happens to be one of my favorites as well. I remember, mm-hmm. and you're right, when you watch this, whether it's the first time or, you know, the, the 10th or 20th time you've watched it, um, it really mm-hmm. sticks with you. You you don't forget this episode. Um, and it, it's gut wrenching and it's heart, it's yeah. a, a heartbreaking, but it's also a really, you know, kind of just conversation piece as to, Absolutely. like you said, you know, is this more of a help or is it a hindrance? Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's brilliant. Um, well, yeah. I'm really excited to go ahead and start talking about the episode and with that, our top five. So as my honored guest this week, I would love to hear your number five. Interesting. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got some interesting points in here. You know, oh, the good. episode I think is probably a um, a bit more straightforward than most of the other episodes. Um, yeah. And there's only two main characters with uh, with Donald Gleason and Haley Atwell in the show. Mm-hmm. But I really like one of the overall themes of the episode, which is um, our online life isn't our real life. Yes. Um, I think that comes across so clearly throughout the episode, and there's some really good, interesting stuff. Right from the beginning of the episode where uh, where Heli Atwell and uh, Donald Gleason are in the car together and they're having the conversation, you know, about the music. They have a wonderful uh, moment when the two of them are singing completely, <laughs> uh, beautifully together like a proper couple yeah. as they're going. And they just have a tiny little conversation as it turns into from uh, from one song to another um, into some disco song that Donald Gleason doesn't like, that Ash doesn't like at all. And she finds out that he's a Bee Gees fan. After living with him and knowing him for 10 years, she never knew that he was a Bee Gees fan. From that moment onwards, what you what you get to realize is that this character of Ash, while he's called a heavy user of the Internet, is not sharing himself all the time. Yes. He's sharing his best photographs. He's sharing things that, you know, he has a great story behind the photograph of him as a him as a child, which is really painful for him. But he shares it online with a tag going, isn't my haircut hilarious? Mm-hmm. Um, things that he is sharing about himself online is not the real him. And that plays in completely into the technology that is used to rebuild him and rebuild his personality because it's not rebuilding the real character. That is really interesting insight. And I think that's something that, it, you know, because social media is, is just a huge part of everyone's lives today, or at least many people's lives. I, I think I know a few people that maybe aren't really on, you know, any of the platforms, um, which is mm-hmm. rare. But you're right. It's like how, you know, is that person that you see on social media or the things that they post, the pictures that they post, is that really you know, that person. Um, Mm -hmm. And then think about, you know, if if this technology existed, you know, if they are pulling from their social media sources of information, um, you know, to build this person, you know, their personality, Mm -hmm. then it wouldn't really be them, right? Exactly. Like like she was experiencing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's kind of the thing. I don't think there's any way for any of us to share exactly who we are Mm -hmm. online, because we will always pick and choose the things that we want other people to know about us, whether it be our political leanings, whether it be things that we're angry about, things that we're happy about. But 
it's it's sometimes even the most mundane things about us that make up our personalities. Right. And just in that moment with Martha, where she's where he says to her, you know, I'm a massive Bee Gees fan. He, he quotes the lyrics instantly from a song that he may not have heard in weeks beforehand. And she's never even heard him listen to. That's an insight into who he is as a person and something that makes him up as a person that he that she wouldn't have known just by looking at an online version of himself. So I just think it's a really a, a lovely Charlie Brooker type touch underneath the storyline that's in here about grief to show that while everybody's online and everybody uses all these apps, it may not be the exact person that they are offline. Exactly. Oh, you know, and that that's really you, you said it spot on the brilliance of Black Mirror and especially in this episode, there's always so many layers to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you if you really pay attention to the details, sometimes it takes a couple of watches, you know, to kind of pick up those details. But there are so many layers. And and you're exactly right. That is just one of the layers to this particular episode. And and in so many episodes of Black Mirror, when you when you pick up on them and really observe them, it's just why I just love to geek out on this. Mm-hmm, just because it's so much fun to talk about and it's so thought provoking and yeah and you could tell you know because when he's like you said he was singing that song out loud when they were having like their little you know argument back and forth. She's like you don't even like like them and he's like yeah i do have you ever heard of headphones yeah. and and then later <laughs> when she gets him in the car to take him to the the drive out to the cliff um that song mm-hmm. happens to be playing on the radio Absolutely. and he just kind of looks at her and goes oh that's cheesy and exactly. you know kind of another moment where she's kind of like yeah that's not you at all that's when it really i think i mean i think it's already probably kind of clicking with her and she's kind of yeah. feeling that but i think that was another little moment where she's like yeah this is not not him Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it, it does play out throughout the episode. But that's, I think, just that opening moment, I suppose, is a nice a nice kind of kickoff to keep an eye out for those little clues that it's not Ash from uh, from when he comes back. Yeah, you're so right. That That's a great number five um, and mm-hmm. good observations. Um, so I was going to talk a little bit about um, just the technology, because I feel like that's mm. always a good subject to talk about when anytime, because that's kind of always a focus on a Black Mirror, right, is what technology yeah. is kind of the focus in this episode, whether it be good or bad. Um, mm-hmm. And just some observations. I don't know if I have all of this right, but just like as I'm watching, you know, it looks like as far as what this service is, is you sign up for this either. Well, and apparently other people can also sign you up for this service. Um, Mm -hmm. Even if you don't know about it, you can just, you know, kind of, which I don't know that I agreed with so much. And we'll probably talk about that a little bit, but you sign up for this service and it takes um, the deceased person's social media and, and based off of all of that public information and all the platforms that they've posted on, um, especially if it's someone maybe who's on the outside, maybe it's not you and you can only pull that public information. I guess later, if you agree to it, they'll pull, you know, personal voicemails or personal emails and, you know, more things to kind of get a more in-depth, um, you know, um, I guess personality, if if you will. Yeah. So based yeah. off of that information, they kind of mimic how that person responds. And then I guess from videos, if you have any videos that you've posted to social media, that's how they're able to then um, mimic that voice as well, which is very creepy. Um, Absolutely. And so, and then of course, if you know, and then so, well, at first, before you even get the voice, you can just talk. It's like texting or like an email, kind of back and forth, and and then a. From there, you can kind of upgrade a little bit and then talk on the phone um, mm-hmm. where they get your voice and <clears throat> kind of get those inflections. Um, and then so then you're able to talk on the phone and then they kind of pull you in, it seems. Um, and you can kind of level up and then go all in for a lifelike Android that seemed to be very organic. Um, 
and very real. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. I think uh, as described uh, about data in, in Star Trek The Next Generation, they describe him as fully functional. Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically Ash in this episode as well. He becomes very fully functional uh, when he arrives in the box and uh, gets thrown in the bath. Uh, could definitely perform every function necessary of a, of a dead husband. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought, I thought, you know, I, I, I hate to, to go there and, you know, think uh-huh. about it. But I thought, oh, my gosh, do they really do everything? And, of course, we, we uh, had that answered for us during the episode Mm -hmm. but and then of course you know i i i can't help it i'm just gonna go there because i can't help but wonder you know when he comes down from the bath and he's he's nude and he's dripping and he's kind of covering himself up and he's talking about you know Mm -hmm. this is not a very you know um graceful entrance and i can't help but wonder how correct they get all of the anatomy is is you know i'm thinking do you know how do you get that description like they can take they can look at pictures of your face they can see you know the shape of your body and you know skin tone and things like that and and mimic that but how do they get that part right and how do you describe that and if your man was a little lacking, would you level up a little bit here? Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Did she send in full medical details of him? Is there is there something that has has it held somewhere? You know, does does she have a sex tape of the two of them or something? Right, where, I know. Uh, you know, um, but there is a reference to the fact that that um, Ash never shared any sexual details online. Mm-hmm. So you're right. How did they approximate it? Yeah. Uh, even? Yeah. I feel like that's that's an, an important detail. But, you know, yeah. hey, we're asking the real questions here, you know. So. Exactly. <laughs> Going in depth on planet. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just thought um, just very interesting technology this this round. And also outside of Ash and, and or the Android Ash, I guess maybe I should refer to him so we don't get too confused. Um, mm-hmm. The technology with her easel. I thought it was really interesting. Oh yeah, that, that was fab, wasn't it? That, her wonderful, uh, her wonderful basset hound that uh, that she was able to draw. Yeah. Um, for for the newspaper, interesting uh, full page that she was that she was drawing of a basset hound. Um, I was expecting some kind of commentary on it or some kind of uh, yeah. Was it a, a political comic or I know. <laughs> something? But I, I was hoping for a little bit more insight on what she did exactly. I mean, I'm like, okay, mm. well, she's an artist and and she's she's doing something here, but I don't know that I understood understood the full scope of of exactly what she did, and yeah. that's probably not an important detail. It's just more my curiosity. Um, mm-hmm. it's certainly not important to the to the story or the plot or anything like that. But I I thought that was really interesting, and um, you know, you you sent me a really great link to an interview uh, with Charlie Brooker and Haley Atwell about this particular episode. And I did um, watch that. So thanks for that. Um, But he kind of, you know, they they mentioned during that interview, and it might have been the director, or maybe it was Charlie Brooker, I don't know, I watched it kind of quickly this morning, um, that Mm kind of mentioned as far as like the technology um, in, in the episode and what they, you know, what was interesting, it's like, outside of of Android Ash in this, you know, really awesome easel that she's working with um, for her um, or her job. It, it doesn't look like it's that far in the future. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. what's really awesome about black mirror. It's like, you almost never quite know what period of like, how far in the future are we? Because this yeah. episode looks like it could be today, but just a little bit further today, like maybe tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Um, where, where it's we have just this- around the corner, I think is, is the way they always describe it. It's just, it's just on the cusp of it. I think the, only indication that it's always in the future with Black Mirror is they have the, the phones they have are clear plastic phones. Yes. Clear plastic C3 phones. And it's the only thing that you always kind of go, okay, we're definitely not there yet with our phone technology. So probably another 10 years or so. Yes. Um, 
one really nice touch once again uh, probably watching it uh, again this time uh, the first thing you see at the opening of the episode when Ash is in the car he's looking at a video screen of the news mm-hmm. and mentioned on the news is that they're just advancing the technology of organic uh, organic life effect. Yes. So uh, so it's a nice touch that you're going to see this coming back later on in the episode. Exactly. <laughs> but, but it's a brand new technology as well. So she has nothing to base this off. Martha doesn't really know what she's going to get um, and doesn't have anything to, to compare it to at all. It's not like something that is uh, in place in everybody's home or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I thought that was quite interesting that, it's, that it kind of starts off that way and later on becomes very important in the episode. Right. Well, and her friend did mention, you know, oh, well, it's still in beta, but I've got an invitation, you know, let me Mm -hmm. sign you up. And so it sounds like it is still kind of on the cusp, you know, and and in some some type of beta version. So, um, so yeah, they they, they do it so, so brilliant um, in Mm -hmm. the show. All right. Technology is really good. Number five. Um, And I'm going to tie in my number four with that. Oh, awesome. Oh, please. A little bit, a little bit. Um, because I always feel there's something in Black Mirror that's always taking a, another commentary on, it does a commentary on a lot of things, mm-hmm. but in this episode specifically, uh, my number four is the upsell. Um, <laughs> yes. it's, a com- it's a commentary on marketing and it's a commentary on sales. Yes. Um, the technique that's used, which is effectively her friend Sarah, who's had an experience with this technology before, signs her up for it, even though she doesn't want to. In fact, we have almost a primal scream from Martha when Sarah's pushing her so hard at the wake of her husband, who's just died tragically in an accident. Mm -hmm. She's pushing her to sign up for this technology. And then a couple of days later, she gets an email in from her friend Sarah going, well, I've signed you up for it anyway. Mm -hmm. You don't have to use it, but I've signed you up. You know, you might as well try it out. Um, And then because of everything else that Martha goes through, you know, the, the loneliness of now living in his former family home on her own when this was supposed to be their new life together, living out of the city. You know, she's very lonely there. And then learning that she's pregnant and not having anybody to talk to about it because it's probably one of the most traumatic experiences you can go through losing your partner and then finding out you're pregnant afterwards. Yes. Um, That's the reason she, she goes in and uses this service to talk to Ash just to tell him, but she still doesn't feel it. And then the upsell goes. So she starts talking to this version and then the system upsell to a voice person mm-hmm. and then when that becomes indispensable to her is you see when she drops the phone and can't talk to him for a few days while she's getting a replacement she's inconsolable and very quickly after that it upsells her to robo ash the fully functioning robot um that is predatory from a marketing or sales technique um and i really feel like charity brooke is baking that into the episode you know uh, there's nobody there to help her and nobody there to give her advice of what this may do to her her own trauma and what will do to her coping mechanisms that she should be going through after losing somebody so tragically. She's being told by a marketing company, this is the next step. It'll help you out, you know. Would it really help you out to have a replacement for the person that you just lost living in your home all the time mm-hmm. under orders of what you're doing? She has nobody to to bounce that off. There's nothing other than this AI that's telling her this is the next step you should take. Uh, and that AI is controlled by a company. So, right. Yeah, a little scary little commentary in there. Very. I I'm so glad that you brought that up because that was actually um, very close to one of my points as well. And I'm I'm I wanted to get your thoughts on on what mm. you thought about that because it, it just you know like you said we see this progression where at first it's you know almost kind of harmless you know just kind of mm-hmm. like this this. To- text email exchange um yep. and then like you said then it, you know there's an upsell where you know well we can speak um and she's like well how well by then they know they've already kind of got her um exactly 
And it just felt so creepy and icky. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, later comes, you know, the upsell again, you know, where you can get this full body model. And it was just it felt very icky. It reminded me very much of like predatory um, funeral salesmen or um, sorry, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm using the right terminology um, when they try to upsell you on like a super expensive casket or super expensive headstone or something like this or try to make you feel like, well, if you really love, you know, really cared about your loved one, you would get this really super awesome casket that's, you know, like very protective and, you know, um, or the really fancy headstones and, you know, could be out of their price range and you know it just mm-hmm. felt very unethical and just you know it seems like you know taking advantage of someone's grief um, exactly and I, I think it's also i suppose how how terrifying this is is because it's coming through in the voice of ash yes um to begin with this text back and forth is a back and forth she's sending a message and the ai is responding to her in the way that ash would but it even from that instant moment that it becomes the voice version it's ash calling her phone from his phone it seems yes. like even. yeah he, like, his like his phone. his images coming up and everything you know so it feels like you know you're almost being told by your best friend your husband your partner this is the next step and you need to, and you need to take it because this is the person you would have you know if you were buying your vacuum cleaner or a tv that's the person who would recommend it to you right as, as your partner exactly. so uh, so he's the one on the phone in his voice going we can take this to the next step you know, it's it's yeah, it's it's really predatory and really difficult. It's interesting you speak about the funeral uh, director side. You know, it reminded me of of uh, the Big Lebowski when they have that scene in there with uh, when they're about to bury Donny and the funeral director is trying to push a uh, a casket on them and they're kind of saying, "No, we'll just put it in a in a coffee box, a uh, coffee <laughs> coffee <laughs> container." Uh, and similar thing in, in Ozark. I was watching that recently, and mm-hmm. very similar. There's a funeral director in there who's trying to push a funeral for. Thirty or forty thousand uh, dollars for for the burial of someone, and who would re- who would refuse that for someone that you love it's, as well? Exactly, you know, exactly. Yeah, and you make a really great point too that the, it's not just uh, a stranger like a funeral director that's you know trying to push these things on her. It's you know a, a version of of her late husband, you know, and like mm-hmm. you said, her best friend, and and then when she's hearing his voice, uh, that's I, I guess I hadn't thought of of that piece of it. You know, I, I got that predator you know from like this this company who's um providing this service but i I guess i didn't think that much into it as far as it being in his voice because of course when you're making major life decisions you know you go to your partner you know your Mm -hmm. best friend your your wife your husband whomever's in your life and you know you talk those things out right um so and and if that person is you know saying oh this is a good idea this this might help you then it's it just makes it even worse and and yeah. even more I feel un- unethical and I don't know I think it well, I think I, it can kind of go both ways a little bit but it just absolutely feels wrong <laughs> absolutely and I think I think it's telling in the show that she doesn't call Sarah the person that set her up for mm-hmm. it uh, she doesn't call her sister for advice at all she hides the idea that Ash has even returned from her later on but yeah um but she doesn't call any of her friends at all and she's completely separated from everybody because she's just moved into this home here so she is having all of these conversations with again no support network um which i think is is why it goes so far really yeah absolutely i i love that point um mm-hmm. and and i like that number four because that that was actually my number four as well um so mm-hmm. i wanted to get your thoughts on that and and then also her friend you know i i thought her friend sarah uh who introduced her to this idea and offered to sign her up when she's, you know, at the funeral, I thought, man, this is the, 
just really wrong timing. This this poor woman has just, you know, suddenly lost her husband. You know, he was young, mm-hmm. they had a whole life ahead of them, you know, that all of these plans. Um, and then this terrible tragedy happened where he's taken from her and she is just, you know, inconsolable. And then you approach her with this idea. It seemed like the worst time. She was very pushy Absolutely. about it. And just because that this seemed to, because it, I gather from the conversation, she's also lost her partner as well yeah. and mentions that it helped her. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. what maybe helped you doesn't help this person. You know, what works, everybody processes grief. It's a very personal process. And, Definitely. you know, you can't tell this person that it's going to help them. I mean, I guess if if there's, I don't know when a good time for something like that would be. I have no clue because we don't have anything like that. And, and I don't have a point yeah. of reference. But, you know, when you're trying to help someone, you, you got to try to find that window of, you know, when is the right time and, and when would be the right time to present someone with this idea? I don't know. But it seemed like mm-hmm. a terrible time. And what works for one person doesn't work for everyone because everyone mm-hmm. grief is a very personal process and everybody processes in, in their own way and in their own time and time frame. Yeah, um, so I, I felt you know, and then she went ahead and did it behind her back and sent her that email. Mm-hmm. Well, I've already signed you up. Well, and then there's that temptation, you know, and then 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 the story goes. So yeah. I had a problem with that as well. I thought, you know, I, I totally agree. Should, shouldn't yeah. have done that. Shouldn't have done that on 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 her side. But that was a really great yeah. number four. <clears throat> yeah, and I think that's part of it, though, isn't it? The the fact that her friend Sarah has used this method to deal with her own grief, kind of. Well, I would read it that. Sarah hasn't processed her grief either. Right. So she's not a person to recommend how to deal with your grief because she's done she's gone down the same path, which is doesn't seem to be the right way to deal with it. Exactly. So, yeah, she didn't look yeah. super healthy when she's talking to her, uh, you know, oh, at really? the at the funeral, you know, she she still seemed kind of really just and I mean <laughs> Hey, what do I know? But I mean, she just seemed, Mm -hmm. she didn't look like she had processed through her grief, like you just said. She didn't seem like she was in a really healthy place at all and that it had really helped her. So yeah, you're right. Um, Gosh, that that was a really great number four. What? And that was also my number four. So I'm I'm ready to hear your number three. I'm anxious. Okay. (laughs) Let's see where my number three. Okay. Well, we talked about sex a little bit before Mm -hmm. uh, on on the episode already. I knew we would. Hey, (laughs) if you're on this show, you know, it's going to (laughs) come up. It always would. But I, I'm going to I'm going to call my number three better than real life question mark. Ah, yes. <laughs> so because it is about the sex, uh, partly in this episode, you know, it's such an intimate thing between between these two people, particularly mm-hmm. um, we see it. Uh, we see the two of them having sex very early on before Ash goes off. And it's, you know, look, long term relationships. Sometimes that happens. It does. Sex isn't that isn't great. Yep. Maybe we should just go to sleep and we'll revisit it again when we're feeling better in, a, in, a, in another day. You yep. know? Um, but that's the last time she has sex with Ash before he dies. Mm-hmm. Um, he leaves the following morning and, and, and dies. Um, but I think what I, what I kind of found interesting was that when Robo Ash comes back and talks about the fact that Ash has never shared any of his sexual life online. So he has no frame of reference about how he did mm-hmm. it. Um, but he can learn if that's what Martha wants. Yes. So one of the probably biggest indicators, because sex is such an intimate thing between partners, one of the biggest indicators, this is not the return of your partner, is he learns how to do great sex from online manuals, effectively. Mm-hmm. And now, no offense, hey, look, sex is great. If Sex is, is really good if it's great, yes. of course. So Martha really enjoys the sex that she's having with Ash, but... It's another thing that will play in the back of her mind forever. This isn't the same type of sex I used to have with my my husband. Mm-hmm. So um, while it's great and while it's 
may be better than real life, it isn't real life. And it it, it kills her. You know, the, the, the concept that at a, later, at a later point when they're having another argument, uh, Robo Ash turns around to her and says, you know, should we have sex now? You know, but... <laughs> <laughs> because he knows that that makes her happy. Yes. But it's not making her happy the way that her husband would have made her happy. So um, so I loved that they used that as a little, a little touch of showing that this isn't the real person, regardless of what you may want after losing your partner. You're never going to replace them. And this is another indication. While this would look great, exactly as you mentioned, you know, if, you're, if your bits aren't exactly the, the perfect bits or your partner's bits weren't the perfect bits, maybe you can say... Make it a bit longer, make it a bit better. Um, <laughs> but, but also, if you know, if, if they didn't speak a language, maybe you can program it to speak another language or maybe you can program it to be better in bed. You know, uh, these options here, while they sound great uh, on the sign up form, uh, maybe they're not uh, they're not going to give you the feeling of that you want, which is the person that you lost back. Right. That's a really good point. So, yeah. That, and, and they you can certainly tell the differences, um, you know, like you said, and and. <sighs> I'm hoping that that you know the night that they had together before uh, he his accident that that wasn't always how it was. I was hope for better, um, <laughs> but you know I, I was trying to give him a pass. Like it's okay. It was a long day. They've been on the road. They've been moving and packing and all these things. Um, mm. You know because he's able to learn. You know would he become more intuitive? Because it seems like he would get. Um, he was more reactive. You know he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. He wasn't really, um, he just kind of wait for her to do something and he would kind of respond to her. It wasn't like a true yeah. interaction. So I'm curious if after, over time, you know, if it is a learning uh, kind of model, you know, would he become a little bit more like the, you know, the real Ash? I mean, he, of course he wouldn't be, but could he over time kind of learn how he would respond properly or something? And it seems like he yeah. would because, you know, when when she would mention... Uh, when she was talking to him and talking about um, their trip that they had in mm-hmm. Greece. And she mentions the line, throwing a Jeb. And he's like, throwing yeah. a Jeb, what's that? And she's like, oh, that's just our in, inside talk that's like throwing a fit. And then you hear him use it later, like he yeah. would normally use it in conversation. So clearly he can learn. But um, I think you can. Yeah. I think you can. But I guess in this particular case, I'm not sure whether you could ever learn to have sex with her the way that Ash had sex. Right. It is. Um, you're right. It's a very personal yeah personal thing um and and i was trying i was trying to see if there was a moment uh when when he says i i learned from online pornography i'm not sure whether he's saying he learned from ash's internet history the hidden internet history that he might have or whether whether they're saying that that's that's not something she shared. She shared his emails. She shared the home videos of that they had, um, that the photos that they had together, and uh, then all the other online profile that was there were all shared. But I'm not sure whether it was that the program also took the things that he may have looked at on the internet as well and combined them all into this personality profile, or whether it just said, I'm searching the internet now for good pornography to learn how to have sex with you whatever way works best i don't know so so if he has a learning program maybe he'll learn how to please her even better than ash ever would because the the back and forth that, that right. he's having with her is probably different but uh i'm not sure whether you could ever learn to have sex the same way that ash would have in the past and that's again something right. maybe playing on martha's mind yeah very good point 
Very good point. Um, really good observation, too. I don't know that I, I mean, I, I think I thought of that in the moment, like, oh, wow, there's some big differences there, you know, as far as, you know. I do feel sorry for Ash. I'm sure they had great sex at times. Like, I'm absolutely sure that these two have stayed together for 10 years. I'm sure they had great sex yes. at times. The only time we saw it was a bad night for Ash. I know. Sure. It wasn't a, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't a good night for, for him. Um, or well, I should say for her, he had a he had a good time. He I was think, fine. But she <laughs> she maybe did not, and it happens. It happens in relationships. It's not going to be a you know a fireworks every single time. I every mean, it time. should be, but yeah. it's just not. That's life. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, really good point. Um, there you go. So I got I got sex in again second time in the podcast. You know, that's always welcome here <laughs> and encouraged. So you're right on point. Um. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I talk about that way too much. Um, I need to stop. See what quarantine does. Um. <laughs> well, look, there's there's no British Bake Off on anymore exactly. uh, for a couple of months, so we'll go back to talking about snacks for a while. Right? That's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> um, that's really great observation. Thanks for that. Um, Thank you. I wanted to talk about we we touched on it, and you made some really great points. Um, I want to talk a little bit about her isolation, and you kind of talked mm. about that a little bit. You know. Um, when Martha's going through all of this and, you know, she doesn't reach out to any, anyone. And, you know, that was something that really was just, I couldn't stop thinking about it throughout this episode is how isolated that she was. Um, and, and clearly she was more the town girl, um, and Mm -hmm. was used to being around people and, you know, had a support system. And it seems like Ash must have grown up there in the country, um, and been kind of used to that. So, you know, here she is out, out here in the country. She's all alone. She's lost her partner. Um, and I feel like if she had been surrounded by her friends and family that, that you know, they would have helped her cope. You know, because it's typically, you know, at least in, in the good circumstances, if, if God forbid anybody should have to go through something like this, they do have a good support system of friends or family or yeah. someone that can, you know, surround you and help you and help help you through the grieving process and get you through it, um, give you that support that you need. And then especially whenever she, uh, you know, ended up finding out that she was pregnant, you know, helping her through that as well, you know, um, cause that, I mean, I couldn't even imagine, I've never been in that situation, but I can't even imagine what those feelings were for her. Um, but clearly devastating. And, and I, and, and that is actually what drove her to answer that message from him. You know, when mm-hmm. she sees that message, you know, you know, hi, it's me. Um, you know, is, is that unexpected pregnancy? And like you said, she didn't, you know, reach out to her friend, you know, well, she, she reached out to her friend, Sarah, but she was just more, you know, balling at her, like, you know, how could you do this? And, um, but you know, instead of reaching out to her sister or someone in a supportive way, like, should I do this? Is this, is this crazy? Or, you know, what am I, you know, help me figure out what to do. She just goes in and and does that. And, you know, I think that this, another good thing about this show, um, Maybe not good, but just another layer to this show is, and what the show always does is it's, you know, always gives us these little reminders, um, and commentaries. And I think that one, another thing that they're trying to say here is, you know, it's how lost you can be in your grief and that you will do things that you never thought yourself capable of. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure Martha never thought or would have considered having conversations with an AI version of her husband or having a version of him walking around her house or talking and even having sex with him. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so 
you know, and I mean, any, any person probably wouldn't be thinking that they would, you know, this, their day to day, like, oh, that's, that's silly. I would never do something like that. But in grief, yeah. we tend to do things that we wouldn't, you know, normally do because we're so lost in it. And, you know, I, watching it again, I watched, I mean, I watched it way back when I first started watching Black Mirror um, and I couldn't really mm-hmm. bring myself to watch it again because it was just so... This show that this episode really sticks with you, and it was so painful. I couldn't watch it again yeah. until this time, so I watched it twice this time around. And the more I was thinking of this episode, and I'm taking notes, and I'm really thinking about it, I think I would do the exact same thing um, yeah. because I can't imagine being without the person that I'm in love with. And if they died, I would totally get the AI version of them. And if because if it meant I got to hear their voice um, mm-hmm. and be with that somehow somehow in some capacity be with them again i would teach the shit out of them and and make make them like the real thing as as much as possible so it's really not you know as much as what you can sit here and go well i would never do that i would totally Mm -hmm. do that i know i would i know myself (laughs) i would be so lost and so just couldn't it would be unbearable and i know i would totally do it so and that's with or without any any support people in my life or whether yeah, or not i'm isolated yeah. I, I i would do it. i could i couldn't bear to be without that person uh, yeah i i know it's it's such a tough one i i do think i don't know i know this may not be an option for 10 or 20 years which is a good thing in my mm-hmm. mind um but i know the simple idea that it was available to her sarah signed her up for it the the button was just there waiting to be pushed at the moment when she needed support from her her uh, former husband or ash mm-hmm. um it was right there waiting for her when she came home or when she had the pregnancy test and she wanted to tell ash it's the only person she wanted to tell was the father of the child right that's the only person you want to talk to you don't want to talk to friends and family about something like that and she has the option available to her yeah which is why it happens if she had to then, you know, go and sign up to this, go onto a website and sign up and think about it much more. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether she would have made that decision. I don't know. I think she probably would. And as you say, um, it's very, very tempting. But the fact that all it was was open up your computer, press a button because all the other stuff has been taken care of. Right. It's an instant connection. And I think it's a heartbreaking response from Ash. I think it's one of the first things that this virtual Ash says back to her is, I'm going to be a dad. Yeah. Um, which is heartbreaking. It's, it's it the, the moment that has definitely the first tears in the episode. Mm-hmm. I'm a person that believes you you should cry on a regular basis. Same. Leave <laughs> yourself of some tension. And this is definitely one of those episodes. But that particular moment for this character of Martha, where your, your heart is breaking when she realizes that she's pregnant. And then when she says it to Virtual Ash and he responds with, oh, I'm going to be a dad, just like Real Ash would have. Yes. It's Oh, it's just a tough moment, a really tough moment. The it was. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I, I'm a believer in you just need a good cry sometimes. Sometimes it's just mm-hmm. really cathartic and you have you need a good cry. So if, if anyone needs a good cry, I highly recommend this episode <laughs> because I know I was crying just thoroughly um, throughout mm-hmm. this entire episode. When she when she found out she was pregnant, when she was telling Ash that she was pregnant um, and then... Uh, later when she is at the doctor's office and she's getting her scan and she, when she dropped her phone, how devastated mm. that she was, I was like crying oh, yeah. right along with her thinking that, you know, yeah. she had somehow like broke him um, or somehow lost that connection with him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely many moments, tearful moments. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad I could bring you your, uh, your moment of cathartic uh, tears for the month. <laughs> I needed it. I was due. I was due for a good, go. good cry. So I definitely um, needed that. Well, um, are you are you done with your 
with your point on that one, Raymond? Yes. Because I'm going to take you on to, to my next point because it is, look, we're right in the serious part of this episode, right? So uh, so I suppose my my next uh, my next point really is truly coping with loss. I talked about it a little bit already as well, yeah. but it ties in very well with what you're saying. I think, you know, um, the one of the biggest drivers that's in this particular episode, I suppose, is it's not only that she's lost someone and not only that she's going through mourning and that she's pregnant and she's isolated um, in a home that, is potentially his family home and not not somewhere that she would have gone very regularly. Mm-hmm. It's also the unexpectedness of the loss. Yeah. This is this is truly a tragic loss, which sadly a lot of us have experienced. I, I lost uh, my brother when I was ten years old in a in a car accident. Sorry. And it's that moment of losing someone that dramatically and that instantaneously, where you don't get to say goodbye, mm-hmm. and that really is where the the bite of this episode almost is like you uh, as you mentioned this is truly an attractive situation if you've gone through grief and you've lost someone that you love the idea that you could have one more conversation with them even just one more moment to tell them something big in your life and have their actual response to you is such an attractive idea i that's what i love that's been presented here i know this is a very sad episode and i know there's moments that you cry but i think that's at the core why it's the, one of the best episodes of Black Mirror because it really takes something that we all experience in terms of grief mm-hmm. and ter- and and gives you a real sense of how this could play out and why it's attractive and why it's an ideal for some people that you could bring someone back for a while and then kind of twist it into but you can never really have that person back in your life you do have to deal with that grief of losing someone that's close to you you have to deal with it or else it will eat you up inside as it has started to do with Martha. Yeah. So I think the the idea of the episode is kind of to say, right, if you want this, this is how it could work out. But really what you need to do is truly deal with the loss that you're going through or else you'll never be able to move on from it. Yes. You're not expecting the person to move on immediately. Of course, we all deal with grief in our own way and it all takes us whatever time it takes us to get back to some semblance of normality, sometimes never, but mm-hmm. some semblance of moving on without that person. But I think this technology specifically is putting someone in a place where they're going to be dealing, where they're not going to be dealing with it for however long they last with this technology. It seems like Martha has about three weeks of this and then she's done. Yeah, She can't deal with it anymore. She needs to move on. Um, I don't know whether that was just slowing the process of having to deal with it by having this technology around, by having Robo Ash in her life. Did that just stop her dealing with her actual grief for a bit longer? Um, or whether it was just the completely wrong decision for her to have this in her life help does it help her at all um i don't i don't know i don't know whether it does help her at all i i would say no because everybody has to go through grief you're so right yeah you it's so important to get through all the the different steps of of the grieve grieving process and she mm-hmm. seems very stuck i i don't i couldn't even tell exactly where she would be at this point like um you know because at the end she didn't look happy. She didn't look resolved. She didn't seem mm-hmm. to have accepted. She seemed trapped and stuck yeah. in in this part of her grief that she hasn't moved on because, you know, we didn't get, and, and this is, um, I'm just going to talk about the end, you know, when we get yeah. to, you know, where she takes him out in that those last 10 minutes of the show were just so gut-wrenching um she takes him out to the cliff and you know they're having their argument and she's telling him to jump and you know Mm -hmm. he's like well you know i've never expressed suicidal tendencies and she's like you know and telling him what ash would do and how he would respond and 
you know, they have that little back and forth. And then she just screams, you know, because she just, she's just so on edge and she, it's like, she just can't deal with it anymore. And then we jump ahead in time and they've had their child and it's a beautiful daughter um, Mm -hmm. and it's her birthday and they're having some cake and, you know, and she mentions that she needs an extra slice and um, she's like, well, you know, I, you know, she wanted it, you know, for Ash and she's like, well, it's not the weekend. And it's, and you're just like, what is, what's happening here? You know, there's so many questions and, you know, she, um, their daughter, takes uh, the cake upstairs to the attic and you realize that Martha is dealing with Ash the same way that his mom dealt with the death of his brother uh, after he mm-hmm. died by tucking away all of the pictures. And then when their, her, their his father died, uh, tucking away all the pictures and just kind of just shoving them up in the attic and just kind of almost yeah. forgetting, not dealing with it really, it seems. And that's exactly what she has done. And yeah. it was just, it, that just that sent me over and and mm-hmm. she didn't just that look on her face you know i thought oh is she gonna go up there you know does, does she go yeah. up there too does she go visit him too or see him or is it just the daughter the daughter i i, I feel seems to know that's not really her father yeah um because i think she calls him ash doesn't she, she yeah daughter? she calls him um, ash yeah. and she yeah. you know she uh brings him the cake and she goes i brought you a slice of cake even though i know you can't have it i really just said that so i could have two <laughs> you know just such, a, it. such a <laughs> kid thing to say right and very funny and in that and in that one line doesn't it even feel like something that ash might say because he's got that kind of cheeky yeah. cheeky chappy kind of vibe about him that he feels like he would kind of make that joke himself absolutely as well, you know? so definitely you his can tell that it's Tell that it's it's Ash and Martha's absolutely, battle, absolutely, very good point. Um, yeah. So yeah, and, and you know, so I'm like, I have all these questions, of course, about you know these these years from the time you know we we left them at the cliff in this moment. Um, you know, those how does she have this conversation with her daughter? Does anyone else finally know? Because at least during the show, doesn't you know she she makes him go to the bathroom when her sister comes over. You know, does mm-hmm. does anyone know that he exists? Or is it just her daughter that knows? And, and how do you put that burden on a child? You know, I'm going to tell you that I have this version of your father. This technology is available, and but you can't tell anyone. You know, I, mm-hmm. I don't know so many things. But she, she, Martha herself did not seem to be in a healthy place. She did not no. look happy. She did not look okay. So no, she didn't I, didn't look adjusted at all. No. to the to the idea at all. Um, and you're right, it's, you know, this is about seven years later as well. So mm-hmm. perhaps her daughter's homeschooled because I can I can absolutely guess oh, when maybe. you send your six-year-old daughter to school for the first time, she's going to tell everybody she's got her special friend in the attic. You exactly. Know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kids are chatty, man, you know, and they mm-hmm. you can't, you know, trying to have a kid keep a secret, you know. <laughs> 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 not gonna happen so so yeah that's a good point i didn't think of that maybe that maybe she could potentially be homeschooled or something um that yeah. she wouldn't have anyone to tell but then what about her family yeah. she does have you know her sister does she not tell her aunt or her and she seemed to have cousins you know her sister had children so does she yeah. really just yeah. you know i just i feel like eventually it's gonna be coming out um and then how yeah. do you deal with that um so I don't know. Or did she completely separate from everybody because she's so far away? I think there's there's an indication of how far away she is when her sister says she's going to call up to her 
and it's like it's hours later before his sister arrives, four or five hours later before his sister arrives to to the house. So it's it's kind of an indication that she maybe is uh, Northern England from from London, so quite far away from from everybody that she's known before. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Ash is Irish, but he's definitely living in in England. But um, but it's just an indication. Maybe it's easy for her to cut off from everybody around. You'd hope right. she didn't because can't possibly deal with what she's going through uh, without other people around but maybe it's just something they don't see each other very often but you know I, I, yeah i think maybe it's just extra questions we're asking that uh, that we don't need to ask yeah <laughs> you're right but but one other thing that about that that moment and those last 10 minutes as you say are quite gut-wrenching one other thing about that moment that really does i i do find kind of painful almost is the way donald gleason delivers the line of i'm not doing anything anyway when his daughter arrives up um, mm-hmm. I think that's just heartbreaking because while he can't commit suicide and he pleads for his life, which is so difficult with Martha, mm-hmm. and then she brings him home and puts him in the attic for the next seven years, you know, he's clearly got some of the ideals and feelings. He seems to be um, an AI that responds to everything that's going on around him and being stuffed in the attic the way he is, is also a pretty traumatic thing possibly for yeah. for for this AI, you know, um, and I suddenly kind of, I, I, I just think Donald Leeson is also a wonderful actor and it, this, yes. this episode really shows off his talents. Uh, if you've ever only seen him in the Star Wars movies as uh, as General Hux, that's not his great acting style. This is his great acting style. Yes. Um, so he feels really, you know, he feels like a completely different character from the character in a way that we saw at the beginning of the episode, much more innocent and, as you say, much more pliable to just doing what she wants to do rather than actually being uh, motivated to do things. But in that moment, it's, it is it is also heartbreaking hearing this version of Ash going, uh, I'm, I'm doing nothing anyway. Come on up. You know? You're right. That yeah. was heartbreaking. Yeah. That was hard. Even though he's, he's AI and he's not a real person, you can't help but mm-hmm. feel there's something there, something. you know. Yeah. And, and he, he may not be Ash, but... You know, as Star Trek has told us for many, many years, yes. <laughs> there is a real person in there. He may not be the Ash, but he is some kind of real approximation of a human. So uh, he seems to have feelings. Yes. Nice. And can't, you know, it can't come down to the main part of the household or interact mm-hmm. in a daily manner or anything like that. He's pushed off into oh. the attic and, and completely isolated himself and just, gosh, so freaking sad. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. Like I said, it's it's good because it's thought provoking, and you know, and I, 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 I love it. Even though you know, sad. I love sad things as much as I like horror and, and comedy, mm-hmm. and so it's a part of our life. So no, I, I love it. Absolutely. But boy, it was Charlie Brooker's just got a way about him. You know, he just really he he really knows how to take those human emotions and human elements and. Um, really put him to the forefront there and he he certainly makes you feel so definitely definitely that's awesome was that was that your number one uh i had one more so i think that was my number two have you have you had a number two there i (laughs) I don't want to ask it that way have you said your number two yet (laughs) i well i'm gonna count what we just talked about because the end part um that that i just discussed i'm just gonna have that as my number two so my number one i just want to kind of talk about we we talked a little bit about the technology itself a little bit but um this is just a short um little piece that i want to kind of mention um was the unboxing of Ash. Mm. I, I, I found that really fascinating when the AI Ash arrived at her house and that there was a real process to it. Like he, mm-hmm. she didn't just like flip a switch and activate him. She had to put him in water. 
she had Mm -hmm. to add like this packet of electrolytes and wait for this like mysterious process to be completed. And then Mm -hmm. he just walks down and he's or like organic and new and to me this really kind of like mimicked pregnancy where the baby grows in the womb with nutrients and when it comes out you know you don't quite know what you're going to get i mean you might know the sex maybe if if you if you find that out but you don't really know what you're you're getting because it's a baby and it's all new and you don't know what to expect and and Mm -hmm. in in this moment it's like she's literally giving him life and I, yeah. I found that to be really interesting because that's not what I know what I was expecting. You know, it's like you just think, oh, you're just going to like and it's funny because that's kind of almost what she almost thinks is going to happen because she she's looking at him in the box and she's like, you know, hello, you know, <laughs> <laughs> are you going to get up now? Yeah, like, are, yeah. are you awake? Come on, what's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> but she even starts touching the skin in, in the packaging as well, where she's kind of freaked out a little bit, I think, by. Uh, how lifelike it is you know I, I was expecting her to go downstairs and get her toolbox and kind of bring it back upstairs <laughs> right. and you know attach the arms and legs and stuff I wasn't expecting it to be as and it is really interesting how they do it I wasn't expecting it to be as, as organic as that as her you know pouring the body into a, into a fully warmed bath to bring it back to life I think that's uh, it's, it, you're absolutely right it is uh, a, a mimicking of, of actual birth I suppose um, yeah, yeah yeah I just rather than being technology I suppose so it probably feels a little less technology heavy than she was expecting and I suppose I was expecting as well watching the episode right yep that I just thought that was an interesting point you know you can kind of hear the water mm. almost like churning or like bubbling or gurgling or something like there's yeah. really a process happening there and the lights had to be out and it just seemed really mysterious and that's just <laughs> you know and and I've been pregnant a way way long time ago um so yeah it's kind of just a very similar kind of thing like you just don't know what's what's happening what's and happen? what's going on in there and this life is growing and um Uh so it it just kind of was was very much like that pregnancy and kind of mimicked almost like what she's going through with her with her own pregnancy as well so just quick little point that i i've just found that interesting because it certainly wasn't what i was expecting when you know you're you know you're what is this full version of him going to be like so Mm -hmm. so anyway were you getting any vibes as as a horror fan were you getting any scary vibes about the episode like they're in a cabin in the woods basically and She's told not to turn the lights on as it's being regrown. <laughs> there were moments where I was kind of going, I hope this turns out okay for for, uh, I, for her. Maybe, I did. Maybe it's an axe murderer in the bath. You know? Yes, exactly. Yeah, just, yeah, like you said, her isolation. And she's still talking to him on the phone. She has him on the phone mm-hmm. when she kind of opens up the box and puts him in the tub. And he's like, don't forget the electrolytes. So she's still talking to him. And uh, then when she goes downstairs after she leaves him and, you know, he's like, well, I have to go. Uh, and she's like, well, don't leave me with that thing. You know, that's exactly, exactly. <laughs> I was like kind of thinking the exact same thing. Here it is. It's nighttime. It's kind of dark. She's all alone in this big house. And it's like, what, you know, what the hell do you expect? Is this thing going to wake up and, you know, what's going to happen? Is it going to be menacing or is it going to be creepy mm-hmm. or is it going to be fine? You know, certainly the mm-hmm. unknown. Little, li- little bit of the horror element there just for a, a moment. Yeah. yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was wondering, and I know I mentioned the upsell earlier on, but I was wondering as the uh, the voice on the phone kind of digitizes and disappears and then this other robo-ash comes to life, uh, I was wondering whether there's any way to downgrade uh, on this service that, that she's using, <laughs> whether it's like, oh, no, I don't like this. Can we go back to just talking on the phone again? Please? I'd like to return <laughs> this, please. What's the return yeah, exactly. policy? <laughs> What's the return policy? Yeah, she got it for seven years. Like, you know, and I know definitely there's that moment when she... Um, feels that it's the real Ash that's pleading with her for uh, for his life and that's why she can't uh, go through with 
uh, forcing him to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is that moment where you're kind of going, can I not send this back and not have to look at it every day or, you know, um, yeah, I think that's, you know, to make the choice to keep it and put it in the attic and, and alive uh, or uh, awake anyway right. uh, up in the attic all the time. It seems like a massively difficult decision, but that's because of her love for, for Ash that she couldn't send it back, I guess. Yeah. There must be some kind of returns policy. Yeah, I'm, we need more details in this technology. I know. I'm curious about what what that would look like. You know, is it all sales are final kind of thing, or is mm. it you know once people maybe kind of get maybe if they're able to kind of get through their process of grief a little bit and realize what have I done? This is mm-hmm. not what I wanted or what I need in my life to get me through, and this doesn't make sense, and I, I need to return this. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that would look like. And, and maybe that's, you know, and yeah, I don't think she could bear to part with him regardless yeah. of any, you know, if, if they would take it back or something, you know, knowing that she's not satisfied. Um, I, I think that she couldn't bear to part with him, even though it's not really yeah. him. It's, it's a, a version exactly. of him. So. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think um, Haley Atwell mentioned in that interview that I'd, I'd sent you on room. I think we should probably put it in the, in maybe the messages of this, yeah. of this episode. Yeah. You release it. Um, she mentions in there that this is slightly based on some technology that was used for parents who'd lost young children. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That there, they are there. There is a uh, mechanical version of a child almost given to them to deal with their deal with them and coping. And that the research was out at the time anyway when they were uh, when they were filming this episode. The research was out on whether that was actually helping people or not. Um, mm-hmm. But it was something that some people were using to help people who lost children uh, cope with uh, cope with their loss. So uh, so it's not, again, as always, Black Mirror, it's not too far away from the reality that's out there for some people. So um, so I just thought it was an interesting little touch point that she had uh, had, had heard of that as well going into the episode. So. Yeah, you're yeah. right. We're yeah. we I think are just I mean, I mean, clearly many, many years still away from something so advanced, but Mm-hmm. You can see little touches of that already. Um, yeah. and, and even just the idea of something like that, you know, uh, of, of something like that to help with, with that process is already here. Um, mm-hmm. may not be as advanced um, as like the, the, you know, the AI version of Ash, but uh, still the idea of, of that enough. process is, is already here. Yeah. 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 Very interesting indeed. Yeah. I'll definitely add the clip yeah. of that in, in the show notes. So for folks that want to cool. check that, it was a really great, it's just a quick, 10 minute interview. It's not a long, you know, um, you know, interview, so it won't take up too much time. It was really fascinating. If you love Charlie Brooker as much as what Derek and I do, um, and Haley Atwell and the rest of them, I know Annabelle's on there as Uh well. Um, the executive producer and then the director of the episode was on here as well. Um, Mm -hmm. was a really great, fascinating and really insightful view into this episode. So yeah, I'll definitely provide that. Excellent. Um, I've got one more. Yes, please. Then. Uh, if that's all right, and it's, it is a very short point, I promise, um, which is don't text and drive. Um, yes. Just because I think it's it's a really important thing that Charlie Brooker is saying in the episode. He's, and I think he heavily litters the episode with the other things that could have caused this to happen. Um, so Ash's obsession with mm-hmm. with texting on his phone all the time is right there from the opening scene. He can't even hear uh, Martha call him to help her get into the car because he's so... 
he's so obsessed with being online. I think she calls it that that, that thing can be a thief. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can it steals you away from me is the way that she describes it. Obviously, uh, heavily showing what happens later on. But what I thought was interesting because it's Charlie Brooker and he likes to layer this stuff in. Everyone's drinking copious amounts of wine throughout this episode. Everybody is filling up full glasses of wine yes. uh, as you see them. Her sister's doing it. Martha's doing it. Um, so drink driving obviously causing a lot of accidents and a lot of a lot of uh, road deaths that's not the reason in this case um there's a massive rainstorm on the first night when they arrive when they arrive back to the house they drive home fine um the distraction that's there when somebody else in your car is playing on the phone while you're driving mm-hmm. she tells ash to put the phone in the glove box before they go on the drive so all of these things that could possibly have caused an accident even the even the moment when the two of them are distracted from looking at the road because they're singing their song yeah. out loud and she keeps looking over them the whole time. I thought that's where the accent was going to happen the first time I, I saw the accent. I did too. I was like, get your eyes back on the road. <laughs> it's like, get back on the road. Stop looking at him singing. Yes. <laughs> Look at the road. Um, but I like that he layers that in. There's four or five different things that can cause, sadly, traffic accidents. And the thing that causes it, you see it. Ash is walking out of the car looking at his phone and he gets in going off to drive on his own. While he's looking at his phone, he doesn't put it in the glove box like Martha's always telling him to. Yeah. And that's what causes the She's death. She's not there so, to tell um, him to put exactly. it in the glove box or put it away. Um, yeah. yeah. And they don't they don't explicitly tell you, you know, the cause. But I think, like you said, because the way Charlie Brooker can just very subtly layer that into the show, that's mm-hmm. what you can, I think, highly suspect the cause of the accident was, was he was distracted with his phone, whether it was texting or he seemed to be very much into the social media, you know, where he's kind of just mm-hmm. popping along, you know, looking at something or he's got the little, uh, you know, TV playing. I don't know. I, I think there's some, even today, like, you know, with like the really like Teslas and things that have the the ability to play back video, I'm pretty sure they have a lot of that disabled when you're like in a drive mode. So I would hope that Absolutely. they would have like a TV, like you can't actually sit there and just watch the news or something while you're driving, yeah. um, that that would be... TV in the dashboard's a very bad idea. Exactly. Uh. Yeah. Just just don't. <laughs> I, can, I can see the ones in the back seats for the kids to watch movies while you're on long yes. drives. I think that's absolutely fine, but definitely not in the dashboard not, when you're supposed to be driving. Not in the dashboard. I, I find <laughs> that even just having, you know, the cars that have the uh, GPS there in the dashboard, you know, to mm-hmm. that can be even a distraction. Um, you know, I've experienced it myself. My, my car does not, but I've had, I travel a lot and I, my, the rental cars I typically get always have the, um, the dashboard GPS and, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I, I, sometimes I have to use it. I'll try to use my phone instead, which again is not the best. I mean, it's just a mess, whether I think you're texting or driving or, um, trying to pick a, a song off Spotify or something on your playlist uh-huh. um, or just whatever is a distraction. And that's always dangerous. Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, we, we need those things, but it's a very, very difficult thing. And yeah, I think a, a very good message about the, the dangers of texting and driving. Don't text and drive guys. It's Don't text drive, folks. Yeah. it's not good. Exactly. Exactly. Very good. Message. There you go. That was my, that was my final one. My number I, one. I love that. That was, that was really great. Um, did you do you have any notes? Little side notes? Um a couple of little ones. Um I love the choice of music in the episode. Um yeah. you mentioned the the one the BG song, um, which is How Deep Is Your Love, which is kind of one of the central questions of the episode. How deep is Martha's love? Is she willing to do all of this stuff and bring back her dead husband yeah. effectively? That's kind of where it's coming from. And also the other song the two of them are singing is uh, If I Can't Have You, I Don't Want Nobody Else. Um, which is 
very poignant big thing about their relationship very very poignant and i love that when it moves on to the next song which is boogie nights ash goes uh, boring disco and turns it <laughs> off so so he's all about the words of those songs he's all about those the meaning of those of those songs for their relationship and it's it's a little bit nail on the head mm-hmm. but it's it's absolutely there within the episode i thought that was really cool um that was my my first note of one other one which is uh well ash the name ash um is the android from alien yes so uh, always intended to be an android throughout the episode i think you're right <laughs> oh gosh what a great movie by the way Oh yes! Really oh yes! I think I have. I, th- I was just looking through my box of DVDs and Blu-rays. There, I think I have uh, four copies of uh, of the Alien quadrilogy. I think it is now. Yeah, four, nice. four different Alien movies. So <laughs> it's one of those ones I keep going out and buying when they're on sale. I should because <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it many times. <laughs> oh, but they're so good. You just have to. I was just telling so my good. daughter about those too. I was like um, talking about Alien and then Aliens and how it was one of the greatest sequels. You know that there, mm-hmm. there's not always. You know sometimes you look at sequels and you're like, oh, that just was not as good as the original. But Aliens yeah. is something that um, just fantastic and i so kind of fail as a parent my child is not seeing that she refuses to watch it um, oh no well she's you know she likes a lot of the horror and some of the sci-fi things but she's not in into sci-fi as is quite as deep as what i am so it's it's hard mm-hmm. to kind of you know to to nudge her sometimes i get lucky but um other times she's just yeah. outright refuses me and it just it breaks a mother's <laughs> heart i'll tell you but uh, anyway and then sometimes it just becomes a sticking point. No, I'm not watching that. Stop forcing me to watch. Exactly. <laughs> what you what you need to do is just keep buying her buying her for her birthdays and Christmas. Just you know, <laughs> as, as an extra gift, I bought it for you on iTunes as an extra gift. Right. I've now got you a subscription to Netflix where it's on now or Amazon Prime uh, for her next birthday. Just keep buying it. Good. Everywhere it's available. Good idea. Good idea. <laughs> anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt your notes. Please continue. Uh, that was that was really. Okay. It. I, I do think. Uh, oh, one final one, just because we didn't mention it in the episode. Um, I think the handling of uh, that awful moment when she's told about uh, the death of Ash mm-hmm. um, is so well put together. It's you know I think Charlie Brooker spoke about the fact that this was slightly based on the fact that he'd lost one of his friends mm-hmm. uh, the year beforehand, uh, or, or within six months of this episode being written, and the way that it's put on screen I think is something that I haven't seen done as well before where she's calling her sister really worried about Mm -hmm. Ash and her sister's calming her down going oh don't worry about it you're probably thinking the worst and just as her sister says that you see the uh, police uh, lights outside outside the house uh, kind of enveloping the kitchen Um, and I just think it was a moment when your heart just stops for you know it's uh, it's so well put together I agree that whole sequence as you're hearing the dialogue and the timing of that when you see those um, lights reflected uh, behind her Mm -hmm. and and then her reaction to the cops when they show up at her door I I felt that I think I would do the exact exact same thing and, you know, just shut the door, turn around and you're, you can't even deal with it because, you know, it's it's your your life just ended right there in that moment. And I think I don't know. I'm curious. Do you think in that moment that maybe it's a little telling as to how maybe she doesn't do so well with confronting things? And maybe does that play a little bit of a part in how it doesn't like she isn't able to move on that she can't even deal or confront the cops and hear the news about her husband she just as soon as she opens the door she immediately just slams it and runs the other way um oh i could totally see that yeah that's a really good point yeah um that that seems to be the kind of default for her. she's just not willing to confront those situations yeah i could see yeah. that and and like i said I, I i relate to that i that's why i think i would absolutely buy one 
an AI version <laughs> of my lover as well because I'm not going to deal think, with it. I think, Just <laughs> bring him back. I think because this episode of TV is in the world, I've now been convinced don't do it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I think in my grief, I'm not going to listen to my better self. Mm-hmm. Um, there you go. And then... Uh, any notes from yourself? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I've got... <laughs> Let's see. I think I've covered just about all of my notes. The other thing that I I picked up on, you notice when she's going through her emails and she, because this is another interesting layer that we've mentioned that they do not only in this episode, but so many episodes of Black Mirror. She was targeted for books on grieving. Mm-hmm. And it just, yes. ugh, that's happening today, right? I uh-huh. mean, how often do you, you know, if you open up Facebook and you get targeted or Instagram that you're targeted for ads that, you know, you've Googled something and then all of a sudden it's all over the place. You can't get away from it. And um, I, I just found that. I was like, oh my gosh, that's that's happening today already. So I guess mm-hmm. that's not going to go away in the future, I guess. Yeah, and if if she is a person that doesn't like confronting things, mm-hmm. you know, the idea that every time she opens her email, she's getting emails going, people who are going through things like you are dealing, are reading these types of books about grief. Like, yeah, I don't think that would sit very well with Martha at all. Right. Yeah, she didn't seem right. to appreciate that at all. She, it's interesting, um, you know, her little hand swipe to kind of, you know, toss it, and then she kind of crumpled her hand like a, a piece of paper, and you could hear like the little crumple mm-hmm. when you delete something. I thought that was, you know, you could see she was very irritated in her little hand swipe and crunching it up and tossing it um, to get rid of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I see the maker technology have also worked out something really satisfying when you want to really delete an email that you that has pissed you off. <laughs> <laughs> Make the crumpling sounds coming it's, through your computer. It's very satisfying. It's very satisfying. It like it's, it, it's, 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 it's the downfall of really, for me, cell phones, because I'm old mm-hmm. enough to remember, you know, um, the big phones back in the day. And when you were angry at someone and you would slam mm-hmm. the, the phone down on its um, on its little headset or whatever. Um, uh-huh. And and you can't do that with a cell phone. You can't. Absolutely. You just hit that end button as aggressively as possible, and you can't throw your cell phone because then Hell you no. know you've you've broken it and you've screwed yourself. Um, and yeah, that's about eight hundred quid that you've just thrown across the room. Was it really worth that? Exactly. But a telephone back in the day, you could just do that. You could just <clears throat> be pissed and slam it down. You can't do yep. that with a cell phone. So yeah, I could see the satisfaction of crumpling. You know, like swiping like you would a piece of paper and crumpling it up and exactly. getting that little noise. Very satisfying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one other note that I had you, you, um, in the interview that you referenced with Charlie Brooker and um, uh, Haley Atwell when you were mentioning mm-hmm. the um, service that they have today for moms who've lost um, babies and they, they have mm-hmm. kind of a service that's very similar um, to, to help them through the process of that. Um, they're is a service called my next tweet and it analyzes your entire twitter stream and everything you've posted onto twitter and it can make predictions as to what you might say next so Mm, there 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 are things out there and there was a an interesting ted talk and i can post notes in the show notes if everyone's interested i think it was just a really quick quick ted talk um about Mm -hmm. this type of thing like you know how it's very different for like our previous generations who you know had um photos um and if you're lucky maybe you've got some uh home video or something and and that are preserved but and and that's how you kind of remember 
you know, your loved ones. And now we have yeah. Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all of these social media platforms and, you know, um, posts and little video snippets and, you know, and how, how does that get used, you know, to remember yeah. the people that you love? There's even a thing that you can, um, do that will it's a service that will you can like record or post a message and then upon your death it will post it on facebook for you oh, yeah. and like leave a message to everyone that follows you and it's just yeah i'm like wow so i, I can post that if folks are interested but there there mm -hmm. are some things you know that are kind of out there and this service has been around i i don't have the year but it's been around i know um quite it was a, around a lot longer than what i realized like it's been um at least probably eight or nine years i think that this has been around um yeah and i'm, I'm just now learning about it but i don't know kind of interesting it's certainly interesting yeah that would be terrifying if you were scrolling through a feed and saw a video of someone who just passed away saying goodbye I, I, the idea is terrifying i'm much more of the uh the idea that you know giving one of your friends power of attorney so they can clean up your internet history before uh, before anybody else finds yes. it. Yes. Uh, that's uh, that's probably where I am uh, on that technology. Uh, I don't don't really want to have a, a video of myself uh, staring at a people from Facebook. No. Uh, saying goodbye. Not for me. I I think I'm with you on that. I don't I, I feel <laughs> uncomfortable with that. Um I'm mm -hmm. I'm but I'm with you. I I I know Facebook has um a thing that you can designate one of your friends access and and that's to say right. that way you can kind of take control of your account if if you know if maybe mm -hmm. you know that you're ill or even in the event of your tragic um you know demise that they can yeah. kind of take control of that and then they can maybe post things on your behalf to say you know regret to inform you you know the yeah. circumstances of what's happened to this person maybe to notify people or um for services or you know things like yeah. that um and then again like like you i have someone designated to if something happens to me take my freaking laptop and clean <laughs> that shit out delete my history there yeah. is a folder right here make sure that gets deleted and also exactly. and also uh <laughs> clean out the side dresser too for me please for <laughs> the, the personal things so no one else has exactly. it. I don't want my family to deal really important. with the, the side <laughs> in my room it's really important to have that person yes like, you know you know you've got friends when you've got some yes to, to count on to do that tmi but hey we got to deal with these things we have to be prepared exactly. something could happen and i'm like i don't want my daughter cleaning that thing uh -huh. out get get yep. my best friend in here to do that for me <laughs> no one else should have to do that she has graciously exactly. agreed by the way um brilliant brilliant yeah well i i think um did you have anything else that you wanted to say about the episode no, that's it. That's it for for uh, for my thoughts on this episode. I'm really proud of myself that I got through the whole episode pronouncing Donald Gleeson's uh, name correctly because I know nobody gets his name nobody. right uh, outside of Ireland. Nobody gets everybody it right. calls him Donald or or Domnal. Yes, they pronounce. Uh, but it's it's just it's just Irish for Donald. That's yeah, all. Yeah, Donald. It's. Yeah. And I think he's wonderful. I know I didn't give I, I don't think I, I praised him enough for his his acting mm. as well for, you know, his his real version of him of the character and the AI version. Um, I thought he was great as well. He he great. definitely um, should be looked at in this episode and, and other works besides just he was fun to watch in Star Wars for sure. As, yeah. as general he was having he was having a lot of yeah. fun um, but he has some great work uh, in his in his past really some some proper top quality films i think he's uh, currently on the tv show run 
which I haven't watched yet, but I know it's on my DVR to watch. That's his, uh, his current project. He's on, uh, I think, the first season of that, which is written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge yes. um, as well, or she's heavily involved in it anyway. So Yeah, she's executive um, producer. Yeah, I don't know how involved, because executive producer can be so broad of a, of a term. Mm-hmm. They're either very heavily involved somewhere in the middle, or they're just kind of putting their name on it. So I don't, yeah. yeah. Um, and I love just about everything uh, that she does. I'm a huge Phoebe Waller-Bridge yeah. fan. Fleabag, holy crap. I love it. I don't know what Jason's talking about. I love seeing someone I, that I absolutely <laughs> despise for an entire season and then going, oh, actually, now I know why. I know what, what's behind exactly, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I just, I watched it and binged it. And then immediately, mm-hmm. like a few days later, couldn't stop thinking about it. And I rewatched it again. Just absolutely yeah, fell so in good. love with it. She's <laughs> So brilliant. And um, so I'm now, you know, just a slave to anything that she does. And of course, I love um, Killing Eve as well. I When I watched the first mm-hmm. season of Killing Eve, which she uh, was the head, you know, executive producer and head writer for, um, for the first season, um, I, I just thought was absolutely brilliant. Um, and so I'm, I'm just, I'll follow anything that she does. So I, I saw the previews for that, like when Westworld was, was on air, they kept showing previews for that and I'm fascinated. I haven't yeah. watched it yet either. So, uh, I bet he he does a great job on that. And I think he's just a handsome fella too. Just a handsome fella. <laughs> he's a good guy. Good looking yeah, guy. Yeah. Good looking guy for sure. I like, I like the gingers. So yes. And his, you know, his dad's not so bad either. You know, he's, a little, he's gotten a little older, but you know, in some of his work, his dad, Brendan Gleeson, you know, which mm-hmm. everybody should know who he is. Um, I think he's just brilliant. He was in a film. I, I really, outside of his work in uh, Harry Potter and some other things, he was in mm. a film uh, with, um, Colin Farrell in in Bruges. In, in Bruges, yes. I love that film so much. Well, since I'm Irish, can I can I give you the full title of that? Please, film? is in fucking Bruges. So it's in fucking Bruges is how it's how it's titled. Really, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, <laughs> no, <it's>, uh, okay. <laughs> you have to have the curse in the middle of it because uh, Colin Farrell curses more in that film than I think anybody uh, outside of Ireland uh, has has seen. Very much so. <laughs> Irish people curse a lot, so. Uh, it is it is a very heavily cursy film, but I do love it. It's a it's one of my top one of my favorite films, uh, and I always feel that was one of those films that came together on the set of of Harry Potter mm-hmm. because of the cast of it seemed to have all worked on the Harry Potter movies. It feels like they uh, they all had those kind of discussions with each other about uh, about working together, and then they brought in Carol, Colin Farrell, who's eventually appeared in uh, the the Fantastic Beasts movie. Yeah, didn't he? He, I end. believe so, he did. Uh, so he's in that yeah, world. So they've all been yeah. In that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that film. Every time I talk about that, no one else really. I, that just and it shouldn't surprise me because it's, it's an Irish film. Um, so of course you yeah. would know it, but um, it just it pleases me greatly because I feel like I talk about that film and just I'm like what? And I'm like, how oh, could you not see that? It was so good. It was a good independent <laughs> film and just absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I've seen it multiple times. Love it every time. Mm-hmm. So brilliant. if if you love, I recommend. Yeah, and if you love you know Donald Gleason and you love Brendan Gleason, definitely check that out if you if you haven't. Some really mm-hmm. great acting in that family acting abilities absolutely wonderful well i think that was a really great uh discussion of the episode and so good to talk to you about that that was, that was so fantastic um absolutely brilliant that uh, that was satisfying it was it, it helped, mm-hmm. i feel like it helped me process some of that a little bit because it's so freaking emotional so it really helped to mm-hmm. kind of talk it out with someone as you would when you went through something so i felt like i went through something and you helped me <laughs> There you go. We all need each other. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Um, We did get a listener response this week um, from our our friend Lindsay Schlicht. She she says, 
Yikes, another super bleak episode. I'm getting the idea that the premise of the series is to be terrified of technology, lol. I could definitely see how this would be so tempting when losing a loved one and how it would inevitably end up bad. Dude in a box was beyond creepy. No matter how much I wanted to see my loved one again, I don't think I would have been able to take that step. Thankfully, we have shows like Black Mirror to teach us what not to do if we live long enough to see this type of technology come to life. I love it, Lindsay. Yes, there you go. That's how I feel as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for the super, super bleak episode. There are some really good episodes of uh, of Black Mirror that are fun. I think uh, Sean and Rima have covered uh, most mm-hmm. of those because they're a little bit later on as the seasons expanded beyond three or four episodes. They uh, they came and brought in a couple of more lighter topics and lighter ideals. But uh, this is certainly, as I said, one of my favorites, even though it's a little bit bleak. At times. I know. Sometimes I'm like, what does it say about me that I just love this show? So I mean, it, it, it's it's definitely dark and, and like I said, bleak, but I, I still just love it. I'm like, I'm not sure what that says about me. But and poor Lindsay, <laughs> she did watch the episode I, I did with Jason on the entire history of you. And she just had I, I think really struggled with that one as well and um, mm. maybe she and so Jason and I were encouraging her to like you said there are a few lighter ones I mean many of, of mm-hmm. these are kind of a commentary um, you know on technology and other things and, and, and things that are going on in the world but um, like look at San Junipero Mm-hmm. just beautiful episode. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful episode um hang the dj uh, sean and i did cover mm-hmm. that one that was a little bit later um in the seasons of yeah. black mirror i just fell in love with that one i just i, I thought it was just brilliant um and uss callister beautiful. still just a little bit it had it was dark but i think fun i think it had some fun yeah, yeah. in there it had some fun in yeah it, so I, yeah but but you're but Lindsay is right that the show is really mm-hmm. looking at technology from a, a critical eye and taking it to its nth degree. I think uh, I think the director of this episode described it as uh, taking the technology and then pushing it over a cliff to see how far it could mm-hmm. go. It's <laughs> kind of the which I could see. I think that's a, a good a good description of what uh, the show does. Very much, very much. Um, yeah. Thanks, Lindsay. That was really great. Um, and and I hope you know. It, and maybe it's not for you, and that's okay. It's not for everyone. So mm-hmm. no, if you don't feel like watching any others, that's totally fine. But um, like I like I mentioned um, last week, try some of the other lighter ones, and maybe that will help. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like the, the other ones, that's okay. Um, they're not for everyone. Yeah. Um, we do also have a voice message from our good friend, Steve Brown this week. Let's hear what he has to say. Seriously? Yum, I'll call you when I'm ready? Dang, how creepy. Okay, I just finished the episode and uh, be right back. And again, Black Mirror, you know, I, I only watched season, what was it this season? Did you guys cover season four? Season, whatever season you guys covered. That's the only season that I actually watched all the episodes for, so... Going back and watching these episodes and giving you my first reaction is, um, it's interesting. It's different for sure. And I'm so glad. Oh, I almost forgot. Uh, dang it. Uh, hi, uh, Rima and Derek. <laughs> it's great to hear you on a non-TV podcast industries uh, podcast. <laughs> I've had a little bit of drink. Um, so uh, anyway, I did just finish watching uh, Be Right Back for the first time. And uh, very interesting. I, I don't think, you know, I've lost 
Over the last uh, 11 years, I've lost my father, my mother, and the sister. Mm. So I, I, have, I have suffered loss, but I've never, I've not lost an intimate person. So I don't know how, how that would be different necessarily of losing someone who you're a spouse, who you're, in, who you're intimate with. Um, but um, with, with uh, this, this show, this character, I, uh, I, I kind of understand why she would maybe keep him around just for the daughter to see, but it's still, it's still creepy and I don't get it. And I don't think I would have done it being who I am. So, uh, that's my take on the, the episode. There's a lot of stuff. I'm sure you guys are going to talk about it. Uh, but that's for me. I probably would not have done this. All right. Uh, can't wait to hear the next one. Talk to you later. That's awesome. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Thanks so much, Steve. We are Steve. We are Steve. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I always enjoy hearing what Steve has to say week by week. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, we've been very, uh, very honored to have uh, Steve send in voicemails for the last year, I think, of, uh, of TV Podcast Industries. He's watched along with a lot of the shows that we've done yes. over there. So it's always great to hear his thoughts. Yeah. We always feel bad if we record too early and we don't get a... a, a voicemail in in time from him so uh, so great to hear him over here as well. yeah it's always great he's so loyal and just so mm-hmm. awesome um and a great podcaster himself as well i heard, heard his podcast with you a couple weeks ago Rima. it was really yeah, oh thanks yeah that was super fun mm-hmm. um yeah. gosh yeah and I, I felt bad i kind of dumped gerald's game on him and thought oh let's let's go with this <laughs> and that one was you know that's a difficult challenging um movie some dark Absolutely. and twisty things happening there so yeah he he did great so thank you steve always um, a pleasure to hear from you and thank you Lindsay, and thank you everyone that's been supportive um throughout all of this and and was really receptive to hearing some more black mirror everyone was like yeah let's let's do some more let's hear it again so thank you everyone i look forward to hearing uh, more from you guys so with that being said next week uh, my guest co-host is our good friend paik Um, we're going to be covering white christmas fantastic the christmas episode of black mirror what could go wrong what could go wrong what can go wrong christmas in june (laughs) is what we're doing so yes that's that is from season two episode four um of black mirror white christmas so um go check that out guys and be sure to listen and uh let us know what you thought so and i hope that you guys look forward to that um and speaking of of guest co-host derek thank you so so much this this has been so much fun i i this is exactly how i expected it to go was just to have fun and a great um in-depth conversation with you thank you again a million times over um oh, for coming on no need to thank me that was uh, that's absolutely my pleasure i really love uh, podcasting and i really love uh, hearing what you have to say about shows and, and being able to be here really live with you and talking about an episode of a show I, I adore uh, yeah I love it so uh, thank you uh, invite me back sometime in the future the door is always <laughs> open uh, for you Excellent. seriously anytime um, I mean I, I'm still I don't know how much more Black Mirror I'm going to do I'm going to try and do a couple more mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out my timing and what I'm doing next um, but yeah. whether it's Black Mirror if you 
you know, if you hear me hearing, you know, covering something else and you are interested, please don't hesitate to reach out to me because the door is always open for you, my friend. And if we can make the timing Excellent. work, I know we've got a little bit of a time difference happening here, so that can mm-hmm, always be a do. challenge, but I, I'm, you know, <laughs> Hey, look, I have no life, so I can, <laughs> can make it work. Doors always open for you, my friend. Hey, we're still pretty much in lockdown, so I'm always available as well. Awesome. So, yeah, all good, all good. We'll get we'll get something together soon. Sometimes. Yeah, let's do this again soon because this was a, a lot mm-hmm. a, a lot of fun, which I fully expected it to be. I had no doubt. That's why I was, um, you know, really wanting you to be on here because I knew we'd have a lot of fun. So thank you again absolutely. so much. Um, absolutely brilliant. And we <laughs> we are really excited for you to look into the black mirror with us. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange Tcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. And you can check us out on Instagram at Stranger underscore Indeed underscore Pod. And you can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at Podcastica.com. Uh, go ahead and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast as well. Mm-hmm. And Derek, can you tell our listeners where to find you and your podcasts? Absolutely. You can find us on any good or evil podcast catcher <laughs> under TV Podcast Industries. Uh, go over to our website, tvpodcastindustries.com. Links there for everything that we've covered. And in fact, you can also find us over on podcastica.com because we did uh, the wonderful Neil Gaiman TV show, Good Omens, um, last year uh, as a kind of joint production with Podcastica. Yeah. So uh, you can actually find us over there as well. Yes, super fun. Um, that's mm. great. So... Thank you again, Derek, for being on the show. Delighted to be here, Rin. All right. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Derek. And Wendy Ott Eppers is strange indeed.